Hello and welcome to the Heart of Markness Led Zeppelin podcast, episode 194, The Firm, Inglewood, California, basically L.A., 1985, <clears throat> March 14th, 1985, day before the Ides of Mark, March, Julius Caesar could attend. It's been a while since I've done The Firm, Done a while. been a while since I've, well, no, I did page plant, but was time to branch off and do something a little different. Can't have you getting too spoiled, can I? And this is a Led Zeppelin and Led Zeppelin related podcast. And there are people who like the firm, probably. And for that, we shall entertain them. The time, 1985, March 14th. Jimmy Page making his comeback after uh, the demise of Led Zeppelin hasn't toured the United States since 1977 aside from a handful of shows with the arms tour the year before the arms tour was the genesis for the firm Paul Rogers went out on tour and sang for Jimmy with Jimmy on the United States uh, tour for that in England it was Steve Winwood and then Paul Rogers who also had a band that had imploded bad company and Jimmy were label mates, both on Swan Song Records, and uh, I think they realized they could help one another. And I, I, I haven't heard a definitive story on how this happened. I've heard Jimmy needed somebody, so he called up Paul and said, Hey, why not, man? I've heard Paul uh, volunteered to help Jimmy and, and, and did this to help get Jimmy, you know, off the couch, off the heroin and get, you know, slouching towards health again and helping him in a professional setting with the album and the band. I don't know. In any case, in 19, uh, once the ARMS tour was over at the end of 1983, in December of 83, the 9th of December was the last ARMS date, Jimmy went back on the 13th of December, I believe. He jammed with Robert Plant in England on Treat Her Right which was excellent, and he was jazzed. He had gone out, he had gotten the adulation of the fans, he had played again, and he believed in himself, and he wanted to go out. In 1984, I have a two-part podcast series on Jimmy in 1984 and all the stuff he did. He was a very busy boy, because first of all, he had to get back in playing shape because he hadn't played for years regularly, and the boy does not practice. So, if there is not a project for him to work on, then he just does not play. So, which is why if he were to pick up the guitar and do something now at the age of almost essentially 80, you know, it, it would not, it would take a while for him to get back up. <clears throat> but whatever. So, 1984, Jimmy's going out jamming with a bunch of folks. He uh, jammed with uh, Rocket 88 in Stewart's band with Charlie Watts and Jack Bruce. Jammed with Ginger Baker. Did a whole bunch of gigs with Roy Harper. Recorded an album with Roy Harper. That's where he picked up Tony Franklin. Tony Franklin was Roy Harper's bass player at the time. He took Tony Franklin and Paul Rogers from the Arms Tour and then got Chris Slade, who uh, had to wait until he got off tour with Dave Gilmore on the About Face Tour, uh, where Roy Harper attended, at least on the video. 
they got together and recorded the first Firm album. From what I've read, I've read, uh, I think Leaf Masses, Leif Masses, uh, was the engineer, if I remember correctly. And uh, I read an interview with him. I cannot find it any longer, which is a bummer. But that the the uh, the sessions were very very professional, very tight. You know, down to business, no fucking around. The way Zeppelin acted. I mean, they did not waste time in the studio. Zeppelin. They had their songs. They recorded them, and they left. Which is why there's not a plethora of unreleased stuff out there of high quality and high caliber like there is with a band like the Rolling Stones who would go into the studio and write an album and just jam. So there's hundreds and hundreds of hours of shit for the Stones for each album. Whereas there's just a couple of extra tracks at best for Zep. You know, for each album. At least that we know about. Boom! So... The Firm released uh, in an early 85. I remember when it came out, I was working at Caldor, the department store in uh, Bedford, New Hampshire. I was in the books and records department when the Firm album was unloaded. And I said, oh my God, Jimmy Page, at last. And I put it on the turntable and then was like, huh. Huh. This doesn't sound like Zeppelin. This doesn't sound hard. Because I was... A teenager, so I was stupid. In any case, The Firm came out. Um, in my mistake, their biggest... In my mistake, in my opinion, um, their biggest re- mistake was releasing Radioactive as the single first, rather than Satisfaction Guaranteed, which is a much more Jimmy kind of song. It's got the kind of the weird spooky shit in the background underneath the song is reminiscent of the spooky, eerie shit going on in the background of In the Evening during Jimmy's solo. It's got that ambiance. It's got the swampiness. The video has less Paul in it, and the video's cool. And uh, Radioactive is pop, which was great if you're just looking for that quick minor hit, which is what they had, a minor hit with it. But it doesn't really sell you on, like, oh, my God, I have to see this group live. And it didn't. So they toured. They did okay. I saw them on this tour, and I saw them on their follow-up. They had enough fun and did enough numbers to do another album, because this was basically going to be a one-off, just to get the people, you know, just kind of like to jump start or push start Jimmy and Paul's career, because they were 70s gods, and then the 80s happened, and now you're in the mid-80s, and they're both like, what is up with all the pastel colors? What is up with all the torn clothes? Why does everybody dress like it's post-apocalyptic Tommy Bahama? Because they were dressing like post-apocalyptic Tommy Bahama, as was the style at the time. So it it was the first time that these guys actually had to be followers of fashion and not trend setters. Because now, you know, they're middle aged. Jimmy's in his 40s. He's 41. Paul is pushing 40, although he was still in his 30s. But at the time, a singer in their mid to late 30s was middle-aged. These were the guys that broke through the barrier to actually keep music relevant and that musicians could still be relevant into their 40s, 50s, and beyond. And not just be a uh, an oldies act. You know, although, yes, the Stones have turned into that. Uh, the Who has kind of turned into that, which is inevitable, but they... they 
they pushed through and everybody put out some content that was at least decent in the 80s, in their 40s, in their 50s, which, you know, kind of go, which which the, the first generation of rock stars, you know, the Chuck Berries, the Little Richards, the Jerry Lee Lewis's, rest in peace, you know, didn't. They were still doing all their hits from the 50s, if you want to go see them. Wonderfully, greatly, but uh, they didn't really, really adapt they stayed in that realm these guys this generation with jimmy and paul and everybody managed the 80s and the video era um awkwardly for sure they got through it and robert actually was able to robert plant was actually able to capitalize on it he was huge in the 80s good for him all right here endeth the lesson this is a sound board of unknown generation but it is an improvement from anything else I've heard of, of this particular recording. So let's jump in. We're going to open with the second song of the night, City Sirens, which is off the Death Wish 2 album. And it's interesting to hear the contrast between the Arms Concert version, which had Simon Phillips and... Uh, Oh my God, I can see the bass player's name. He played with Lou Reed. Fernando Saunders. Uh, Ray Cooper, I think, also. Andy Fairweather Low on guitar. Bunch of keyboard players. And Steve Winwood singing, or Paul Rogers singing. And now you've got Paul, Jimmy, Tony Thompson, late of Roy Harper, and Chris Slade, late of Dave Gilmore, Uriah Heep, Manfred Mann. He has played, he's kind of like Jimmy Page of drums. He's played with and for everybody. And he's still up and around. Oh, yeah. And then after The Firm, he became ACDC's drummer. Good for him. All right. City Sirens, folks. March 14th, 1985, Inglewood, California. Enjoy. Sound of those sirens. Honest noise will drive you insane. You can see all the lights and the sound of those sirens. Like a needle that pierces your brain. You know, I know what you see. It will be the same for me. You know what I hear Sometimes it's so very clear In the night when the forces of evil are all around There will be no escape from its There's no rhyme, there's no reason for what you see going down You ask me, it's slightly above my head I know what you see It will be the same for me I know you know what I hear Sometimes it's so very clear Did you see all the lights and the sound of those sirens? All the sounds that will drive you insane you can see all the lights and the sound 
of them sirens Like a needle that passes your brain You know I know what you see It will be the same for me I know you know what I hear Sometimes it's so very clear And the sound of those Yeah, Inglewood, L.A. It's the L.A. Forum. I should change that. But I won't. Aha. See, that was pretty good, right? I don't ever get the feeling that they, they really, really locked in tight, tight, tight. I think Tony did. I don't know. I think there's a... Hmm. Slight incompatibility with the style of Chris Slade and the style of Jimmy Page. It's good. Nobody's fucking up and nobody's playing anything poorly. In fact, Chris is doing some cool, cool, cool shit. But I don't know. It was it was more badass than I thought it was, was when I first heard it. And I am going to listen to it more because I'm realizing that there's some good stuff here. All right. Moving along. From City Sirens, we go to another song from Death Wish. It is an instrumental. It is called The Chase. It was sandwiched in the concert between Tony Thompson's super awesome bass solo 
and uh, Jimmy's basically rehash of the 1977 noise solo with the laser pyramid. Very cool to see. Not so interesting to listen to. The chase, though, is pretty cool. And it has some good stuff with Tony Franklin's fretless bass. It's good. You know, fuck it. Let's listen to it, shall we? The chase. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, pots and pans, here we go.
And then we go into Jimmy's, which maybe I could have, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't like listening to those. They don't really, they don't really command, um, the attention that they do when you're actually seeing it and the laser pyramids going on and Jimmy's gesticulations. It's very cool. Hearing it, not so much. All right. You know what is good to hear? The same spiel you hear every goddamn week. You can find me on any podcast any podcast platform on which you find podcasts. Apple, Android, Spotify, SoundCloud, Podbean, Stitcher. All of that. I'm there. Which you know because you're hearing me. But I have to tell you. I am also uh, on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook under the name Heart of Markness. Please, if you like what I do, uh, follow me on one of those. You can join the Heart of Markness Facebook group. Definitely follow me on Twitter if you're on Twitter. I'd love to have you. And then YouTube is where, you know, it's YouTube. It's where I put the podcast there, too. Let's see. I have a website, heartofmarkness.com. That is where I post the show, the podcasts, as well as links to the concerts that I cover. For example... This concert here, The Firm. Let me read you the track list. You'll be able to download the whole show for free. Has the introduction, which is just music. Closer, City Sirens, Make or Break, The Morning After, which is a Paul Rogers solo tune. Good tune, though. Together, Cadillac, which would appear on Mean Business. Prelude, off of Death Wish 2. Money Can't Buy, Radioactive, Live in Peace, off of uh, Paul Rogers solo. Midnight Moonlight. You've lost that loving feeling. Yup. The bass solo, the chase, the guitar solo, the drum solo. And I just want to make love to you. Wheel of Fortune. Hmm. Someone to love. That's not on anything. Unless it turns into Fortune Hunter. Cut Loose. Boogie Mama. Both off of Paul Rogers. Somebody to love. Off the firm. And that's it. You can get that for free. Heartofmarkness.com. And if you like what I do, and you like how I do it, and you're of a mind and of the means to throw money at me, consider going to patreon.com slash heartofmarkness or hitting the big fat Patreon button on heartofmarkness.com while you're downloading all those shows for free that I dug out of the earth with my rough and cracked hands. You get your own podcast, at least one podcast every month. I've been doing more, uh... So that's good. And uh, you get to actually materially, honestly, it makes a difference in my life. Support the podcast. Help pay for the SoundCloud hosting, the Mega Cloud hosting, the website hosting, all this hosting. So much hosting. So thank you. And unless you tell me not to, which a couple of you have, I will read out your names every week. For example, here are the current... Titans upon whose shoulders rests this humble yet mighty podcast. We have a new one. A laurel and hearty handshake. Go out to Keith and Tilda. Tilda, I hear you're super cool. That's rad. Keep that flame burning. And Brian and Matt and Stephen and George and Big Ed. Kenny. John from West Footscray. Scrolling, scrolling. Pie card or Picard or Picard. Knegarn. I asked about the pronunciation of that one. Chris, Rob from Melbourne, Australia. Whoops, I fucked everything up and lost my place. Wayne, Brad, Danielle, 
Tracy, whose Christmas party I did not go to last Friday because I had prior commitment, not because I hate you. And David, is that it? No, Bonzo Billy and Mimo. Thank you, my friends. You guys really, you keep me honest and keep me coming to do this every week. Bless you for that. Thank you for helping me and supporting me, you know, bring out the live Zeppelin mojo to everybody who needs to hear it. There's healing in music, and uh, I'd like to share that. All right, spiel over. Back to the tunes. And I am going to play for you now. Live in Peace, which is off of Paul Rogers' solo album. They did it again on Mean Business and was always good with the firm, even in 1984 when they very, very first started out in... December of 84 the kick ass you can see you can see them live the pro shot white t-shirt Jimmy firm show is from uh, December 9th 1984 kick ass and they do a kick ass live in peace on it so enjoy friends and get to hear a little bit of Jimmy wailing on the solo I'll be back after to say bye bye live in peace March 14th 1985 
And there we have it. <clears throat> Three from the firm. It's a play on five from the firm, which was a uh, video that was released by the firm for the Mean Business Tour or something, or a show they did on MTV. That's what it was. It was an MTV show, five from the firm. They did five firm videos. It was for Mean Business, but they did Radioactive, Satisfaction Guaranteed, Live in Peace, Tear Down the Walls, and uh, All the King's Horses. There you go. And you get to see an extremely pale, extremely under the influence of stimulants, Mr. Jimmy Page on that. When the interviews, very, very funny stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. I am going to go eat quiche like a real man. It is almost six o'clock here. Just got home an hour ago, jumped on and did this. Boom. It'll be live momentarily. And I'll be up on the website later tonight, so if it's not there when you look, look again. Please be good to yourselves and each other, and thank you very much for listening. Good night. I said good night. <laughs>